Today's daf is daf yud dalad, and we begin a few lines down. And we do, if you remember when we began the mission, it's, it explained that one is able to put that. Let again, the example is that pesach is pesach night is coinciding with Shabbat. We've shechted a korban pesach on um, on erev pesach was erev Shabbos, and you're allowed to already mishal already put your korban pesach down into the oven. On the onset of Shabbos, and we're not worried about Shemechetegechalim and all these other concerns that we have with leaving things from oh, that are not cooked from from Arab Shabbos into Shabbos. And we said the reason last year, uh, sorry, the last year was was because we said Chaburot Zrizinhen. The people are more particular and careful. We don't have to be concerned like we do normally outside the base of Mikdash. Now the Gemara says as follows. <clears throat> when you're talking about placing something in the oven. Um, meaning in this tanur, just on the onset, just before Shabbos, that's talking about a shalem. But if it's mechutach, I mean, I've taken it out, I've cut it up, I can't put it back, right? Meaning, meaning, aval im if you've roasted it and you've cut it up, this is a reb chaim, lo yachzunim chashecha, you can't put it back, in, you can't put it back into the oven. Now, why is that? Now, I can't mean anything in particular necessarily wrong with it per se, but it's because of the gezeira. So Amar Yossi says, that's true. That makes sense. Why? Now, the reason is, you'll see in a moment that we're concerned that you might not actually put it back on. Okay? So if you don't, first we have to explain the problem if you don't put it back on. You can't eat it if it's not fully roasted, or if it's not roasted. The not exactly how roast has to be to make it to offer a Koran Pesach. Meaning, because there's a special din when it comes to a Koran Pesach, you can't have it raw. It has to be roasted. However, I can't start roasting it on Shabbos in Shabbos. And I can't roast it on Shabbos because it looks like I'm going to be roasting on Shabbos. What's that mean? I read your Shabbos. Otherwise, it we could be roasting it on Shabbos. Okay. Now this is an interesting Reb Chaim says, even if it is roasted, Kamachal Ben Drusai. Still be asu mishum the mixe kutzalem b'shabbos because it looks like you're roasting on Shabbos. It says v'le'el the tiru b'sheinu ktuma nami b'shenitz lekotzorcha ne. When it talks about you're allowed to lachzir, that's when it's fully roasted. And we saw this discussion in yes, la, la, like last year in terms of when you can put it on. Does it have to be machal d'shusay or fully roasted? We said that it was uh, seemed to be two different sugis understanding it differently from one another. But in any event, so the point is, if I took it off and I cut and I cut it up and I didn't put it back on. I've lost my Koran Pesach. I can't roast it, and I can't eat it raw. Okay, so what's this got to do with cutting it up or not? So here's the Gemara explains the concern. If we allow someone to take the Koran Pesach off, cut it up, and then put it on, on the onset of Shabbos, what's the concern? The concern is if you allow him to cut it up, then, he, then, we, then this concern that he's going to have raw meat on the onset of Shabbos is very real. Why? I'll read Rabbi Chaim in full. It says, If you say you're allowed to put it back just before Shabbos in a cut state, then he won't, he won't finish roasting it before Shabbos. Because what's he going to do? He's going to take it off. And he can think, You know what? I'm going to cut it up. I'll see how much it needs roasting, and then see if it has been roasted, it hasn't been roasted, then I'll put it back on. 
And because of that, what's going to happen is because I'm allowing you to cut it up and assess, and is it okay or not, then the concern is he might take it off and then, you know, have a late shower or do all other things and, when it comes to, and forget to put it back on. And he won't be able to do it. If you say no, once you cut it up, you can't put it back on, then there's no, there's not that concern anymore. He's going to make sure he leaves it on. However, that's a whole concern. The gzer is only with like the Mishnah said, we're dealing with a full animal, this full lamb, for example. If it's not fully roasted, remember it's not fully roasted. And, and, and again, it's because if he has this flexibility to cut, slice and dice and look at it and assess how much it needs roasting, that's when the concern is he'll end up relying on that and then forgetting to put it on. That's why the Chachamim says, forget it. If it's cut up, you can't put it back on the fire. Okay? So we prevent that so that he doesn't run into the concern later. Now, what the Gemara says, I've got a question. Rebbe Lezer, Berbiosi, Sha'il, he asks, what if it's fully roasted Shalem? And then you cut it up. In other words, if it's fully roasted, it, everything's fine. You've got no concerns. And then can I cut it up and then put it back on just to heat it up? Good question. Does the Xera go in reply in that manner or not? And we don't have an answer. Okay. Rav Zira says as follows. Rav Yehuda Vashem Rav says, Arba Madurot Kol Shehen. Now, if you remember in the in Mishnah, we're talking about when it comes to Madurot, these are like piles of wood for a burning, like a bonfire, or pyre, I think the expression is in English, even though P-Y-R-E, okay. Um, that's a, we said that in the, in the Beit HaMoked, you just have to light it. The Gvulot, outside the base of Migdash, we have to make sure it's, it's, um, Kadesh Yatsata or Baruba. Has to be, the fire has to take to a majority of the wood. Okay, and that is because again we're concerned outside the base of people might start playing with it and on Shabbos if it's, they see it going out and things like that. That's how we explain it. However, there are certain things, certain fires themselves that are actually highly flammable, and therefore you can just light a match to it even on just before Shabbos, and there's no concern. Okay, because 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 of high flammable. It says first is more that gefet. Gefet is psolat zaitin. This is the waste stuff you've I guess pressed uh, olives. Mudurat uh, Zevel, this is from the manure, right, or dung. Mudurot Hachelev, Chelev is fats. Mudurot Galinim, all these things can be kosher. Um, galinim are pips specifically of tmarim, of dates that have dried out. So these are highly flammable. So if you make some sort of uh, fire, with, uh, like you're planning to make a fire based on these um, fuels, then even a kosher on Anser Shabbos, it wouldn't be a problem. Okay, fine. Let's continue. Um, Yes. Let's continue. Sorry. So Rabbi Shem Rabchia says, Barashi says, Chotel Shuhumale Galinim Koshahem. If you've got a chotel, chotel is like a, um, a woven basket made of like, um, uh, palm leaves, right? If they're packed up with these galinim, then indeed you can just do a koshahem. Rabbi Shem Rabchia says, Barashi says, a chotel Shuhumale Galinim. He says, well, it depends. If it's, this basket is full of these galinim, these pips, imachunasim, then it has to be berubam. If if it is indeed all packed together, then it's burubam. Then all I need is for the basket to be majority of the fire taking on before Shabbos, then it's fine. However, in before Zarim, if they're not tightly packed and it's all scattered within this basket, then I need burov called Prado or Prado. Then in a majority of each and every pit to be to, to be to be lit. Now the question is, Mama Pligan, what are you talking about? 
We've just said before one of the four Madurot Tadim and a Kolshim is sufficient is Galinim, Madurot Ganilim. And now you're saying all these requirements regarding this basket of, um, of, of these, of these pips. If it's Mukhunasim Barubam, if it's Mufuzerim, it's not. Is, so is he, is it contradictory here? So the Gemara now says as follows. Uh, he says, Kan Bebriot Kan Betashel. So by the way, the contradiction is because Rabbah Barchia, Bishem Rabchia said two things. The first thing was, if it's a basket, it's Kolshehen. Another one, if it depends on the how packed the pips are. So the answer is, I can I can resolve it because kamba brio kamba tashot. So brio meaning it depends on the quality of the pip. Now it sounds like one's healthy and one's not healthy. Meaning the let's just health or not, but it seems to be the nature of the pip. The pip itself is that um, if it's the briot, they call it healthy, then they're more flammable. So then the kolshen would be sufficient if it's in this chota. Next, Rav Yossi b'shem Rav Yirmiyah said Rav Chininas Mati Babish and sorry, Bechina brought this name b'shem Rav Rav. Chariot milamata milamata. If you've got palm leaves at the bottom and you've got wood on the top, so you pack a fire in that such a such a way. Kemen shalah or bentain. Once the the fire comes between them, then it's sufficiently lit, and then you know the fire is going to take on its own, and and that would be sufficient before Shabbos. Okay, Rav Chel b'shem Rav. What about if you got a beam? When it comes to a korah, it's not veruva, but veruva. It needs a majority. It needs to be lit a majority. Now the question is, what does it mean majority? Because there's two ways to understand a majority. One majority could be the majority of the thickness of it. Now also, but the answer is actually no, it's barov hekefot. Meaning if you look around the circumference of it, the fire is taken like a stub lit around the circumference and majority of the circumference. Now it might not have penetrated enough of the wood to be a majority of the thickness of the wood, but rov hekefot is what we're talking about by a korah. Okay, so what you're seeing here, by the way, just so we don't lose track of what's happening, certain things to be, means it seems to be a kol shahul. Certain things must be mash barov, the majority have to take in fire. And what we're seeing by a korah so far is it's not even, it's somewhere in between. It's like this uh, majority of the hekef, the uh, the um, circumference. That's the word, yeah, circumference. Now, ma'u barov hekefo, mimakomechad, what are you talking about? Is a majority of the circumference in one location, or barov hekef kulo? We're talking about along the whole, entire beam. That's to get a majority of that circumference. So Eshkachtani Malacha. We find a bright to the Torah that actually it has to be until it's Pasul Mimalacha. Now Pasul Mimalacha means it must mean not just in one location, but across the entire length of the beam. This beam, because of Pasul Malacha, Malacha, what they used Korah for, if you remember, that was to press our uh, olives. Now, then it says, Koshehen. Now, what are we talking about? If you remember at the end of the Mishnah, so we said Rebbe says that even when it comes to coals, it's a Koshehen. Now, there are two ways to understand this. I'll show you where Reb Chaim is normal. It says, he says, It seems like in the Mishnah, it only said, you, you have to read it as follows, which is the way we had it. Why? Because it's hard, hard for them to light. It sounds like when Reb Chaim explains it. And and if, if for Pachamim it's enough just for be a little bit lit, then other types of fires would be enough. And that's Paligatanakam. So according to, according to uh, Reb Chaim, Reb Hudad bin Cholek, the even the Pachamim that are hard to get going, even if it's Koshin lit, the Maduro would be fine. A couple for Chome others. But just uh, for um, made of contrast, if you have a look at the, the Korban Eda, he says as follows. That he's saying in the Gvulim, you can even do Pachamim, you'll be able to do so. In other words, he's not being Cholek, he's just explaining in the Gvulim, Pachamim is another thing you can like. So it's again two, two different very ways, sorry, different ways to understand. Is it a debate in the Mishnah? Is coming to Mosef? 
Um, fine. Let's continue. So Hadran Lach Perik Yotziot Shabbos. Hadran Lach Perik Yotziot Shabbos. Hadran Lach Perik Yotziot Shabbos. Now the famous the famous Perik of Bama Bame Madlikim. So Bame Madlikim Bama Eno Madlikim. So here we're talking about what one can use to light their Shabbos candles. Now we we will be discussing both wicks and oils. Okay, the standard type of thing. You need a wick to for which to draw up the fuel, the oil, if you like. And that's how you have a fire. So it burns. That's why the wick doesn't burn out after three seconds. Let's continue. Now, I'm not going to necessarily explain all these in the mission in detail because that's the job of the Gemara. But let's... Now, all these things seem to be wicks. You'll see the Gemara discerns it here. So, um, again, I'm not going to translate them because that's the job of the Gemara, really. And we'll see in a minute. V'lo bezefet, if it's pitch, v'lo bezefet, wax, v'lo bezefet, kick. Um, the law is and Sreifa. Shrem and Sreifa is, well, this one we can translate because Shrem and Sreifa, if you recall, that's Truma, oil that became Tamer. So you're not allowed to use that. Why? We'll see in the Gemara. Loba Aliyah, which is a fat from the tail of a sheep, and then also the law or the fats themselves. Nachma Madi Omer, Madlik Bechelev Amvushal, you can use those fats that are already cooked, presumably then it's a better fuel. The Chama says, Achana Mavushal, Bechene Amvushal, Ein Madlikimbo. Okay. In other words, fat, this Chelev is, is, out of the question, no matter what, whether it's pre-cooked or not. Now, let's go through the different things in the Mishnah. First is Lechesh. What's this Lechesh? That is Rebbe Chia Bar Abba says, that's Lugsha. What's Lugsha? And we'll see, uh, Lugsha is the way the, um, the, the, the way the Pene Moshe explains it above is how we sort of kind of explain it in the Mishnah based on the Bavli. Uh, Lechesh is, that's the Semer Bena Klippa Le'etz Be'erez. Okay, so it's, I think they're translated as seed of fibers. So etz eres, so what it is, if you, if there's between the bark of the tree and the tree itself, if you peel it away, there's all these fibers, these stringy, the se'arot they're referred to. And that is, um, and that's the fibers we're talking about you can't use. Um, and he says, because it's interesting because he says, venikra luksha. So, he's got one of these last words, so that must be similar to luksha in our mission. That's what, in the Gemara here. Okay. Fine. Um, in any event, Rab, and, and then Rab Acha B'Shem Rab Lai says it's Dadidon. So what's Dadidon? So Amrin Hihada Hihada, they're both the same things. Each person in a different location called the same thing by a different name. Okay. Next is Loba Chosan. Chosan here, what's Chosan? It says Rab Chinena B'Shem Rab Pincha says pished on its flax, Shloninera, that has not yet been carded. So it's very much in its raw form. Card is like combed out. Okay, so Kamada at Amar Now here it's interesting. The Oret is Pishtan, but this Chosen itself is understanding as being Pishtan. I'll read Rebbeim why Noeret who had Daksh of a Pishtan. So the Noeret is the fine fibers of the of the Pishtan itself. Vahachi Kamar Hachazak Shabe Pishtan. The pasuk in Yeshayahu saying that the stronger the Pishtan, Yafoch LeNoeret, meaning Koloma Hagibor, that which is strong will become the Noeret, which is the fine fibers, will be Chalash. That's how I understand the pasuk. However, Shamina Menash, you see, Shachosan is Hainu Pishtan. Okay, that's a proof from the Pasuk. Next. Next one, next one of the uh, wicks we can, or materials you can't use as wicks is Kalach. What's Kalach? It says, Inbrin, uh, sorry, in, sorry, Anbin Kisri. What's Anbin Kisri? Reb Chaim here says, Anbin Kisri says, it's Kach Moshe Kalach. However, uh, the Pnei Moshe says a bit like we've seen in, in the uh, Persian Perish Mishnayas and uh, Bartanura. He says it's actually, um, Agbi, you, so you, you garis Agbin Kisrin, the Hupsolet Hameshi. It's a waste of, 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 um, silk. And we happened to, uh, Havamimakom Kisri, they're from Kisari. 
Okay. So Amarav Shimon Ben Gamli Chazarti are called Mafarshayam. I expect all the different sailors, people who've been around the world. But Amruli Kulcha Shmuel. That's referred to as Kulcha. Fine. Next. Velova Ptilata Idan. What's Pliat Idan? That's Irnita. So Irnita. Uh, Rav Chaim says it's from an arava. It's almost like those fibers, just like we said, between the bark and the tree, from an arava. Okay, so again. Evelob Ptilata Midbar. What's Ptilata Mira? says, Kishmua. Kishmo. Okay, that's, uh, it seems to be some sort of grass. Rav Chaim says it grows in the desert. Okay. And finally, Velob Yorokash Alpneamayim. This is, uh, when I say finally, in terms of the actual wicks, it says that's, uh, what's Yorok Alpine? It's Kit under Maya. What's kitan demaya? It's like a pishtan from the, it sounds like a pishtan you find in the, in the sea. Now, the Bartanur explains this, and the Mishnah says, kimin semesh gadel bedofne hasvina. It seems to, and, uh, muruba. It sounds like this green stuff that grows on the tide of, side of ships when they're left dormant. So it could be like a moss, really. Some probably like that's probably what it would be. Okay. I feel like an algae, but algae can grow fast. More like a moss, I think. All right. Again, veloba zephyr, veloba shava. Now. Here we're talking about pitch and wax and things like that. So Adkan, till now we're talking about the petilot. Minkan ve'elech, from this point on, we're going to be discussing the shamanim, the fuels for the fire. So Rav, um, Rav Evao B'Shem Rav Yochanan. Now, what's the issue here? What's the, why is the Mishnah disqualifying all these different um, materials for the wicks and for the fuels? So here we've got, uh, Roshan explains it interestingly. He gets two explanations here. First is, Rav Evao B'Shem Rav Yochanan. First is, Mesha or Memashech Lacharav, Voshech Mutzeta Petila. So concern number one, I read you Reb Chaim. He says, This is number one. The ore, the, the flame, is sort of it goes behind it, meaning it doesn't actually take hold of the patilla nicely. And therefore jumps about. Okay? So it's how the, I don't know, for want of a better explanation, but it seems like a way the, the flame bonds, if you like, to the, uh, the wick. Okay? And as a result, Peshuhu balishtamesh laor when he wants to use the fire, loaner, who shocheach, um, he wants to use the, the, for lighting, for actually for light purposes, I should say, um, he will forget, and what's he going to do? It's jumping about, he'll end up attacking it. He'll end up playing with the wick to try and get it right. Uh, vahainu, that's the, that's what the issue is with the ptilot. And what's psule shman, and what's the issue with the oils? Nami en Hashemini Mishach Achar Ptila. It's not going to get drawn up by the Ptila. Vilka Mechash, and you're concerned that if you want to use it, what's going to be Shemayatet? You're going to tip once again, the, tip the lamp so the oil runs up the uh, wick better, if you like. And that would be again issue of Mavir. So answer number one has got to do with the nature of the flame itself, right? It'll flicker. The oil doesn't draw up very, very well. However, you've got another answer. The odd, another answer is Shalom Utsata or Borova Delek. Which means explain as follows. This is Reb Chaim. Shepatilot elu. These wicks ain't ha oro chedz bahen elami bachutz. It seems like the the fire only takes around the outside of the wick. Okay. Veinu nichnas l'tochatila. It doesn't penetrate inside the patilla itself. Vlootzat rova patilla hayotzem min hashemen. And therefore, most of the patilla, the wick is therefore not going to be lit. That's coming out of the shemen. Vahenu hadelik the fuel. Meaning. That's going to be, uh, it, it needs to be lit. And therefore, and therefore, the issue is because it doesn't really envelop and, and, and penetrate, if you like, the, the, the wick itself, it's going to go out. Unless you come and relight it again. 
So there's different types of explanations here. One is the nature of, if you like, the fuel and the fire where it relates to this week. Another one is that it doesn't envelop it enough and it's likely to go out. So again, concern number one seemed to be you might start playing with it, tipping the tipping the lamp or, or, or playing with the wick. And answer number two seems to be that it's going to simply just going to go out. Okay, fine. So again, it's different proposition explained it differently, but let's continue. Um, now, so after Rav Shmuel, it said, does really the patilla, you have to make sure that it is actually hadelic, meaning the patilla has to be mostly, uh, most, most, uh, has to be mostly burnt. Hey, Tibun, one second. But one second, when it came to a korah before, what do we say? How much did it need to be, how much did it need to lit? Just had to be rov hekefor. It didn't have to be rov adelic. So why is on the wicked being more machmi? So heiti rava baramama. Not only that, the shashita, shashita going to Rebchaim is another type of wick, which is not listed amongst those that are psulim. Hare lo hutzata rov adelic. It's not, and it's still okay to use. So Amar Rav Shimi, once again, it gives an answer. It says, Rabbi Huda B'Shem Rav, Arba Madurot Kol Shehen. So there are four Madurot that really it's enough to light only a little bit. Madurot HaGefet, Murat HaZevel, Madurot HaChelev, Madurot HaGalinim Kol Shehen. This is what we learned at the beginning of the, the, beginning of the Shir, towards the end of the previous parak. That certain, certain fires or fuels, you need to light a majority of it. Sometimes you need to light just the outside. And these, you don't need a Kol Shehen. Mashma what if they're all different. So I read Reb Chaim. So therefore, I'm just jumping to the end of it. So, we can we see here that not all sources of fires are the same. And for example, sometimes in the, it's sufficient to be of Hekefor for a Korah. For the other Murat, it's a Korshin, a Shitanami, or it's like your fair. However, sharp tilot, all these other tilot, you would need your of hekefor, otherwise it light. So don't bring a kasha from that. Similarly, the odd minhada, I'll bring a further proof. The Rav Ticha, Chashal, the Rav Chis, the Rav Ticha, sorry, Rav Tachlifa asked Rav Chis as follows. The law Kalfan Rebbe, Shabbat Shechaliot Bechanoka. Shabbat coincide with Chanoka, correct? Asul, you wrote, so, and, and what's the din there? I have, we have to fill in the gaps here. Um, I'll read, the, the kasha was what I just said. It sounded like I was, I, I stopped mid-sentence, but that was a kasha. So I'll explain. Rabbi says as follows. There were two things being, the, it's like the kasha, it's, it's, it's almost like the Yosham is being kasha in dot point form. And it's hinting to two kashas here. We know there are Shabbos Chanukah. This is coming very soon. That you're not allowed to use that the fuels you can't use Shabbos candles for your Hanukkah candles. Okay, that's his kasha. Why But anyway, you're not allowed to use the Hanukkah candles to for to to for any purpose. That's all not for him. Okay. So therefore, why can't I use these these uh, wicks and can and, and fuels? If you say, because it jumps about and it's not give you a nice light, and then you're going to come and play with it. One second, on Hanukkah, you're not allowed to use the Friday night Hanukkah, you're not allowed to use the Hanukkah candles for, to, for, for lighting purposes. So, what are you concerned about? He's going to start playing with it. No. You're not going to come let the fact that it's jumping about. In other words, back to the Gemara now. 
Therefore, it's not, in other words, again, there were two concerns. Concern number one was the nature of the way the fire and the oil work together, that it's going to jump about, not going to give you such a nice light, and, you, and the kashash, maybe you'll play with it. But he said that can't be the reason, because these same wicks and oils are puzzle for Hanukkah that coincide with the Shabbos. And if the concern you're going to come play with it because you're using the candlelight, you're not allowed to use the candlelight of Hanukkah candles. So therefore, have a late time of the reason must be the law, like the law. It must be that the concern is because it doesn't take hold of enough of the wick, it's likely to go out, meaning it's answer number two that's a problem and not answer number one. So, in other words, it's a strong proof here. So I'll read you Reb Chaim. Because it doesn't fully take hold and it's likely to go up very quickly. Hilkach, therefore, that svara, that also applies to Hanukkah. Why? Because Hanukkah, you can't use those candles, those fuels either. I can understand during the week, if you use those fuels and wicks, if it goes out, that's fine. You'll relight it. However, Elvis Shabbos, lo yid lak bahem. On Shabbos, you can't. Shemech yichabeh, velo matzadad lik. Gets it goes out, and you won't be able to relate the Hanukkah candles. The sphere lay in the, the assumption here is we're maintaining it covers a kukla. If it goes out, you'd have to relight it. Okay? So quite clearly, just to explain the Gemara again, we tried to bring two reasons why why we're puzzled these wicks and oils. One is because it flickers and jumps about, doesn't even shach and we're scared you're going to attack in it. And the second understanding was because it actually didn't take hold of full, the, the wick fully, and it's likely to go out. Then we said, but one second, what do you mean, the, sec- the, the second spara? We've seen, so, so, like, for a Korah, you don't need it to be mostly burned through. It's just enough for Hekeh for. And the Gemara says, well, don't give me a proof from Korah, because you also got Madura cells, of course, and everything's different. Everything's different with how much it has to be lit before it goes out. And these things would have to be have to be majority. But more than that, the fact that we're puzzled these wicks and candles for Hanukkah on the coincide with Shabbos must mean the concern is not that you might use the fire and then and then and so for reading and it's flickering and and you might want to attack in it because you're not allowed to use it for reading by Hanukkah candles. So it must be it's even stronger re- support now for the, the second reason that since it's not they're likely to go out and since Kavazakukla since if Hanukkah candles go out you have to relight it. Shabbos will be in a bind, and you won't be able to read that. Therefore, we puzzle these wicks and oils also for Hanukkah that coincides with Shabbat. All right? That's you. Have a good day, everyone. Go to it.